testing out the volume a little more. Glenn, I think you can lower my volume, it seems a little loud, which is wonderful, but we have everything kind of new this morning. We have new cameras set up, which will get mounted, so they'll be out of the way for next week, but there's a lot going on. This is our first time live streaming with actual people here, and with, it's so, it's so wonderful. I feel like we can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm hearing about everybody who's had their first shot, their second shot, all this excitement. We have one who's got to leave worship early today to go get their shot. Like this is, we're all excited as the end is clearly in sight. So welcome to worship, everybody who is here. I love seeing your faces. Though I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm preaching and I have to keep preaching the whole time and I can't just pause and decide I want to change things or edit things out, so it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, but welcome to all of you who are here this morning. Welcome to our folks online. We are so glad that you are streaming here with us online. What a blessing. So as we take a moment to enjoy this blessing, let us just take a moment in prayer to give thanks to God. And I'm going to tell you before we even start praying, Zach and I spent a lot of time here yesterday trying to get this camera up and working. Things weren't working. And then you know what? Prayer. Prayer made it work. <laughs> we just started praying like crazy, saying, God, there's got to be a way. Show us how to do this. And God always makes a way. So thank God. So now let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and gracious God, we turn to you on this day. We thank you and we praise you. And we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power while we are here in this place. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Here to worship, here to sing your praise, here to love you, here to seek your praise. Your life, 
online. If we don't have the audio levels quite right yet, we will get there. So uh, just understand that somehow we will eventually get there, and we are so thankful that everybody is able to join us in one way or another. And now let us join in a moment of prayer. God, we light this peace candle, and we pray for peace. We pray for your peace that surpasses all human understanding. We pray for your peace that is more powerful than hatred words, or violence. We pray for your peace to prevail on earth. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. And now we have our children's moment. Don't worry, Bernie and Charlie are still here. Now I'll tell you, I don't know how many kids watch our children's moment. I know that the kids are going to watch it uh, in Sunday school in the fellowship hall, but all that I hear from adults every time I run into an adult, whether it's at the grocery store or somewhere else, is, wow, we just love the children's moment. So we've kept the dogs here for a little while. They'll keep working with us. So now it's time for our children's moment. What's up, Bernie? Walter turned into a dinosaur. For real, I saw him. He turned into a dinosaur. Bernie, I just saw Walter, and he is still just a boy. But I saw him. I'm telling you, Charlie, Walter turned into a dinosaur. We should call the authorities right away. This is an emergency. Let's call Mom and Dad. Let's call everyone. 
everybody. This is an emergency. We must tell everyone that Walter turned into a dinosaur. Hey, Walter. Can you come here for a moment? <laughs> Walter, did you turn into a dinosaur? Oh, silly. This is a costume. somehow been changed into a dinosaur, and I was ready to tell the whole entire world that Walter was now a dinosaur. I guess it's a good thing I didn't call everyone and get them all worried. Yes, it is. It's always best to check with someone to make sure you're telling the true story before telling other people. Do you know our Bible even tells us that? In the Ten Commandments, God says that we should tell the truth about people, and we should be careful not to spread lies. And sometimes that means we need to do some research before we say something that we shouldn't. Oh, so that's why you wanted me to see that Walter wasn't really a dinosaur before I told everyone. Exactly. That way, we don't bear false witness against our neighbor, which is one of the Ten Commandments. I get it now. We only want to tell the truth. That is what is most important, and we should make sure that what we're saying is the truth. That's a good lesson, brother. Thank you for helping me. You're welcome, brother. Bye, kids. Have a blessed day. Good morning. That's a really hard follow-up um, for the call to worship. It's going to seem a little less exciting, I think. Uh, but for the call to worship, when I say, let us say, all of you can please respond, we gather to worship. Let us worship God who has done great things. We rejoice in our God who made a way through the desert of this world. Let us say, let us worship God who has caused streams of mercy to flow in the wasteland. We are the people God has formed through Christ. We worship God and we rejoice. Let us say, Together to worship. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. We praise God for the grace that has saved us. Let us say, Together.
Please be seated. Our reading this morning is from the book of Exodus, the 20th chapter. We will read the first 17 verses. I will give folks a moment, maybe uh, next week when I send out the song sheet, I will include the scripture text because I know our friends at home like to make sure that they can get the text out. Unfortunately for all of you, unless you want to get a phone out with a Bible app, we can't have the same thing. We're trying to limit what we have in our pews. But if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of their parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your town. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury or pardon, Lord, and where there's doubt, true faith in you. Make me a channel of your Amen. Now, before we begin, I want you to know, I don't think I can cover all of the Ten Commandments in just one sermon. Glenn, will you turn just where it says pastor, will you turn that down? Are you guys hearing the same echoing I'm hearing? Uh, there's some, okay, you guys are good, then maybe it's okay. Uh, there we go. Um, so, I can't tackle all of the Ten Commandments in a 20-minute or less sermon, and I know that for a fact because we did try to do this for Bible study the other day, and it took 50 minutes for Bible study, so I know that I can't manage to tackle all of this in one sermon. So what we're going to do instead this morning is talk about one of the commandments, the one that I thought might be the best for us to talk about, the one that, that the dogs talked about, the one that is bearing false witness. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. But before we begin, let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. We are thankful, Lord, for all of the instruction and guidance that you give us, not only in this text, but also through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Guide us and bless us this morning, this day, and every day of our lives. Bless the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So let's talk about something that I want to call the gossip train. Has anybody ever been a part of a gossip train before? Let's be honest, admit it, if maybe you've been 
that a part of the gossip train? A gossip train can be really exciting. It's like it, it gets us all excited to, to know some juicy bit of gossip, and then we get so excited about it that we have to share it with our, with our friends. We have to go, oh my goodness, Lori, did you hear? Did you hear what happened? And you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know what it feels like when you hear that little bit of juicy information, and you can't wait to tell your friends Let's be honest here, we all have probably participated in a gossip train more than once, more than twice. I don't know how many times, but I think we've all been a part of a gossip train before. I was thinking back to all the times that I've been a victim of a gossip train, though. Let's think about that. It's turn the tables around. Who here has ever been a victim of a gossip train before? Sometimes it can be pretty tough. Sometimes it can be funny. I'm actually going to tell you a funny story. I'm not going to give you all the details, but I'm going to tell you a funny story. When I was in high school, I, I was a senior in high school, and all of my friends one night, one weekend night, went to this party where they were all together. They all went to this party. I didn't go with them. I had other plans, so I wasn't even at the party. That's a really important part of the story, okay? I wasn't even there. I don't even think I was in the same town, but all of my friends, they went to this party, and then two of them did something that, that started some gossip. Two of them did something that it was normal for teenagers, but they did something that got everybody talking, and everybody started talking about it that weekend. And then we got to school on Monday, and suddenly everybody was talking about what these two had done. But as the gossip train made its way around the school, and, you know, a small town, small school, gossip trains make their way around. As the gossip train made its way around the school, somehow somebody got confused. And instead of using the name of my friend who was really a part of this incident, they dropped her name and they included my name. Remember, I told you, was I at that party that night? I was not. So they included my name, but that made it so much more exciting. You know, when suddenly a different person was a part of this gossip train, it made it even more exciting. And then the incident that was being talked about, it also expanded. The incident turned it from a small thing that was just a little exciting to a huge thing and it got even bigger when my name was inserted and that didn't fit normally and the gossip train made its way all around the school until finally one of my friends was in class and they're in class and they're hearing people talking about this and saying what I had done and they stopped and they actually stood up and they said you realize she wasn't even there that night right <laughs> you have it all wrong now, I'll tell you, I thought it was hilarious. That's the good thing about this gossip train. I wanted to start off by telling you a funny story. I thought it was hilarious. I wasn't even there, and, and I didn't even care. And to me, it was hilarious. I'll tell you, my boyfriend at the time didn't think it was very hilarious. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I thought it was hilarious. I got a huge kick out of it. But it seems to me as such a mind-boggling thing. That somehow when a gossip train gets moving, somebody can hear a bit of information and they want to pass it on, but, but maybe they didn't hear all the details, so they fill in the blanks. Maybe they didn't hear all the details, and, and so they insert what they think might be the case, or, or maybe the story seems a little blah, and so they want to spice it up a little bit more in order for people to listen to them. I don't know all the details, but it is so fascinating to see how a gossip train can travel and go from starting with the seed of truth to suddenly becoming a deceptive lie. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The other day, I was watching Adam Hamilton's uh, Tuesday Night Vespers. One of the best things about this pandemic is how many Bible studies are available online. I love it. 
So Adam Hamilton, if you guys know, he's the pastor of the Church of the Resurrection in Kansas. Amazing pastor, as I've told you before, and those of you at Bible study, probably the only pastor who I know who talks faster than I do, or at least as fast as I do. Maybe that's why I like him so more, but he's also so wise. But he was talking about bearing false witness, which just happened to coincide with our lectionary. That's why this is the verse I decided for us to focus on. And as he's talking about bearing false witness, he shared uh, an interesting statistic, one that I did not verify, but I'm going to assume he did all the research. So he shared this statistic that in prison, you know, when we have people in prison, one to four percent of people are actually innocent of their crimes. Now we can assume that there's always going to be a small margin of error, right? There's always going to be a small amount of something. So you assume that there's always a small amount, and one percent doesn't seem too large. But 4%, that seems a little bit larger. And then when we stop to think about it, can you imagine what it would be like to be sitting in prison for a crime you didn't commit? He actually told a story about somebody who spent over 20 years in prison for a crime that they didn't commit. And, and suddenly when we start to think about that, it's like, oh my goodness, that's mind-boggling. And how does this kind of thing happen? I mean, think about it. The whole bearing false witness commandment is thousands of years old. Because for thousands of years, people have been asked to give testimony when somebody gets in trouble, correct? Somebody's asked to give testimony when somebody gets in trouble. But witnesses are not always very reliable, are they? Did you guys watch this show? And I wish I knew what it was called. But there was a show a couple years ago that would have people experience something really stressful or really high stress and then they'd be asked to relay the facts and so often they would get the facts wrong so often they would say oh oh lori was wearing a green sweater when really lori was wearing a red sweater something like that sorry lori you're sitting in front so you're my person today you know and people often mistake things but it's so fascinating how unreliable people can be when they are witnesses and sometimes there's a funny kind of thing that happens when people are unreliable witnesses or when people are, uh, are sharing information. Sometimes you get a funny story like me in high school, but other times you get something terrible like somebody spending 20 years in prison for a crime that they did not commit. But it makes me think about our ability to tell the truth. When we get excited about something, we're less likely to tell the truth. When we get excited about something, we want to add more to the story to make it more exciting. When we get excited about being a part of a, of a gossip train, we want to, to act like we know even more than we do. So sometimes we don't tell the whole truth, but sometimes we tell part of the truth, but we also tell a little bit of extra fabricated things as well. I want us to think about the fact that we're in the season of Lent. Right now we're in the season of Lent. Yet last year was the Lentiest Lent we ever Lented. <laughs> I love that phrase. And this year we're in the Lent that never ended because we're still, it still feels like we're in Lent. But we're in the season of Lent. And as we're in the season of Lent, let's think about what starts the season of Lent. What starts the season of Lent is Jesus in the wilderness with who? You guys know this. The devil. He's in the wilderness with the devil. And the devil tells Jesus deceptive lies. These lies might have a little seed of truth. Yes, Satan does have power. And yet the devil is in the wilderness with Jesus and tells him these deceptive lies, trying to get Jesus to, to jump on his train, trying to get Jesus, Jesus to follow him. 
instead of doing what is right. And so if we look at what starts the beginning of the season of Lent, if we look at Jesus in the wilderness, we get this understanding that the devil is full of deception, that the devil likes to deceive. But Jesus is the word, the word of truth. So as we look just at the beginning of the season of Lent, we see these two different examples. We see Jesus, who is the word of truth, and then we see the devil, which is deceptive. We see the devil, which love lies. We see the devil, who, you know who drives that gossip train, by the way? (laughs) The devil. We see these two different examples. So as we make our way through through the season of Lent, what I want us to think about at this moment is this commandment. Do not bear false witness. Think about the ways when maybe we've had some words that were false. Think about some ways when maybe we've participated in a gossip train. And if we think about that, maybe we haven't been in a court, you know, giving any testimony, because I think that's not going to apply to most of us. But maybe we've been participating in a gossip train before. Let us think about the times that we share information Do we always share truthful information? If I hear, I'm going to pick on Dale now, if I hear about something that Dale's doing, do I tell uh, the truth, the full truth, the whole truth, and nothing nothing but the truth about Dale? Or do I add some, some extra spicy stuff to the story? Do I try to make it a little bit more exciting so that I can get Lori's information so she'll want to share that information with others? Let's think about it, friends. Let's Think about this. We all get to decide what our words are. We get to decide if we are going to be like Jesus, who speaks words of truth, words of honor, words that build up instead of tear down, or we get to decide if we want to participate in the gossip train that's, that's led by the devil. We get to decide if we want to participate in the gossip train that's full of deception, that's full of lies. And this pertains to everything in our lives. I want to give you one more example. One of my friends recently went through a divorce. Sad thing, sad time, probably one of the saddest times of their lives. They went through a divorce. Well, of course, in their town, everybody started talking about this divorce. Small towns, lots of people talk. Everybody started talking. And suddenly, even though this, these two people were going through the hardest time of their life, it was a hard decision for them to divorce, suddenly that gossip train started rolling. Suddenly there were all these other stories about why they were getting divorced. There were all these other things. We don't even know where these other things come from. There were all of these other things that started to spread. All of these other untruths, which made an already difficult situation even that much more difficult. So what I want us to think about today and through the season of Lent is I want us to think about our words because our words, they matter. Do we speak words of truth? Do we only share information with our friends or with others, no matter how juicy it might sound, if we know that it's true? Or do we allow those deceptive lies that might have a seed of truth to be spread? Do we participate in that? Do we participate in the spreading of misinformation? Do we we make things harder on other people, even if they're already going through a hard time? Do we share gossip stories, even if that person that we're gossiping about is already at the deepest and the darkest and the lowest part of of their life, and yet we share misinformation that makes it even worse for all of them? What do we do? So this isn't necessarily the most uplifting sermon, but it's the season of Lent, so we're supposed to meditate on stuff. We're not just supposed to be uplifted, right? (laughs) 
That's what I'm telling myself. I want us to think about this, friends. Jesus is the word of truth. There's something else that's full of deception. Every day, we speak words. Every day, we get to make a decision. Do our words speak truth? Do our words build people up? Do our words share love and healing? Do our words lead to, forg lead to forgiveness and compassion? Or do we speak words of deception? What words do we choose to have come out of our mouths? That is the question that I have for us all today. That's what we can think about as we hope to grow ourselves during this season of Lent. Let us think about that. Words of truth or something else. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy God, you alone are God. Jesus, you lead us by example. You lead us and you speak truth and you speak life and you speak love and you speak forgiveness. Lord, I hope and I pray that we can all choose to follow in the way of Jesus, that we can all choose to speak words of truth words of love, words of compassion, and words of healing. Help us, Lord, to speak words of truth. Help us, Lord, to not jump on that gossip train. We pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord, and together we say, Amen. Let's now continue our worship through our morning offerings, which you can uh, put in a basket at the back of the sanctuary on your way out or do for our online giving. Thank you. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
Amen. And now for communion. You will receive one of these that will be consecrated, one of these take-home communion pieces as you leave. So we are going to celebrate communion here together. If you are at home, you are invited to gather some bread or some crackers and some, or some juice and wine and to have it with you. Those of you who are here in the sanctuary as, this, as you leave this place, you will receive one of these that you can take when you get out into the parking lot or when you make your way home. First, we will bless and we will consecrate them. Come, you who are weary and restless. Come, all who hunger and thirst. We are ready. Creating God, source of all our being and all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord, and we join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We gratefully recall and remember Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ rising from the tomb by the power of God. It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine. Bless us that as we receive them, we may offer you our faith and our praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another, and we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world. And let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Through the broken bread, we participate in the body of Christ. Through the cup of blessing, we participate in the newness of life. Now, as we await for when we will take communion when we leave this building, let us take a moment to meditate on our communion song.
let us pray together. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Strengthen us in faith. Increase our love for one another, and let us show the world your greatness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the unity with the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. And now, friends, let us rise for our final song. trading my sorrow I'm trading my shame I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord I'm trading my sickness I'm trading my pain I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord, amen. I press but not cry. 
crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I am blessed beyond the curse, for his promise will endure, that his joy is gonna be my strength. Though the sorrow may last for the night, his joy comes with the morning light. It's so good to see all of you here in this place. Now, friends, go forth from this place or sign off online. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to others. Speak words of truth and words of love. Go be blessed and be a blessing to all. <laughs>